When dudes rock, they roll. Hello and welcome to the Dudes Roll Podcast, where we discuss everything from D&D to deals at your local Aldi's. I'm your host, Jake, joined as always by my co-host, Meyer. Sup? How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Um, we're recording again. Yeah, I'm excited and a little closer to the date, but now we have a schedule. And At least we're going to try to have a schedule. Oh, yeah, try, but like at least I'll record and we know when we can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they planned out. So, how was your week? Well, when did we last record? It was uh, three days ago? Three days ago, yeah. Since three days ago, um, I've gone grocery shopping as the intro. <laughs> We've uh, yeah. gone grocery shopping yeah, we together. Went together. Aldi's. Aldi's, <laughs> yeah. Beautiful place. Oh, my God. Their <laughs> deals are amazing. Shout out Aldi's. Please sponsor us. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I need groceries. Um, yeah, we went and I got like $100 worth of food and you got $50 worth of drinks. I got like $60 worth of drinks and like $3 worth of food <laughs> when I went there for food. Um. But yeah, and other than that, all we've been up to, at least all I've been up to is um watching movies. I'm doing and my new my challenge for myself as my resolution for 2021 is to watch a movie a day. Yeah. I mean, we you can skip tomorrow because we watched two last night. Exactly. I was yeah. thinking the same thing. We watched uh, The Game, David Fincher's The Game, 1997. Oh, that, was, that was a good movie. Last night. I loved that movie, dude. That was a really good movie. That was a, such a good movie. If you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend. Um, and it's all about just like this billionaire being messed with. Is he a billionaire? I thought he was just a multi-millionaire. Uh, he's a super rich guy. Yeah, super rich guy. Super rich guy, out of touch with reality. Uh, Michael Douglas, right? Michael Douglas. Yeah. And Sean Penn plays his brother. Yeah. Who gives him the card that's like, you should check out this company. It makes your life fun. Yeah, it, it was it was interesting. I don't yeah. want to give away too much because it's a it's a mind thriller. Yes, it's definitely a, a mind thriller, and yeah, definitely it. Uh, you gain um, an advantage to not seeing any trailers. Yeah. Or not watching anything. I I am a staunch, as you always say, whenever I'm like, we should watch a trailer. You always tell me, don't don't you always say that trailers are bad for movies? Yeah. And I, I yes, it's true. Tr- if you want to watch a movie, don't watch the trailer, is my hot take. Yeah, except for that one director you said that does all of his own trailers. Oh, who was that? Uh, I'm not 100% sure about you. Is it Scorsese? I don't know if it's Scorsese. I think he does. I think he's too old to like care about that stuff now. Okay, yeah. it, it is uh, some directors definitely like to do. It might have been Damien Chazelle or Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, but yeah, I can't remember. But yeah, most Either of the way, time yeah. trailers don't watch them. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've I've actually been spoiled on. I was about to go watch a movie and I like stayed away from it the entire time. I think it was. It was Endgame. Avengers oh, Endgame. really? <laughs> and I went through... And we saw like, that in theaters, right? We did. Yeah. I haven't watched any trailers for it. I was like, I, I'm going to predict what happens. Fuck the trailers. All that. And I was on the way there. I'm like, I can't wait any longer. Like, I was sitting in the Applebee's like parking lot before we went in to go eat. Yeah. Be- like, two o- three hours before the movie or something like that. And I was just like, okay, I have to... I have to see the trailer before i go into it uh-huh. i watched it and i got spoiled on like three things <laughs> and Dude. i was so pissed well yeah because the whole thing is my take about trailers is usually they show you the main conflict 
yeah. in the movie. And a lot of the times the main conflict is a spoiler. A spoiler. Because yeah. you're just like, these are characters and you don't know what's going to happen to them. But yeah. with most trailers, it's like shows footage from like the second act, sometimes even the third act and ending, which is kind of crazy. But um, if you make a good trailer, you shouldn't know what it's about. Or you should you get a vague, vague idea of the feeling of the movie. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, we watched some movies together. Um, we watched Tenet as well. Tenet was good. I Tenet, Tenet was cool. It's um, top five in my 2020 list. In 2020? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely top five for me. Which um, I haven't seen enough movies in 2020. I think I saw like 22 of them so far, which I'm still working on my list. But Is this movies that came out in 2020 or movies you watched in 2020? If, I, if it was movies I watched in 2020, there'd be like 200 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But um, yeah, uh, it's 2020 movies. Okay. And I haven't seen enough of them to really be like a solidified list. But yeah, Tenet was cool. I actually saw that in theaters. Which uh, is crazy, given the pandemic. Exactly, yeah. I was kind of, <laughs> I was so hyped on Tenet and uh, for like a year. W- whenever the first trailer dropped, I'm like, I gotta see this movie. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, when I first came out uh christopher nolan uh was like you are showing my movie in theaters i will not allow it to be put on streaming services people have to go to the movie to see my theater and i respect that yeah because it is that kind of movie you should see in theaters but at the same time it's like come on just put it out but thankfully it is out now but i did see it in a like 200 cap room with like two other people all the way on the other side masks on the entire time so i felt very like comfortable and not like worried about everything um but yeah other than that um that was my week what about you what about what have you been up to uh my week has been pretty much the same uh you know it's just went grocery shopping and watched a few movies <laughs> um but i did i've done uh i've done some work on my next session oh yeah D D. nice getting ready because i haven't i, I wrote a little bit but that's about it. But I I have, like, the overarching theme of what I want to do next session. But we'll see. Right. Um, and then I haven't done much. You know, I've been walking, mm-hmm. doing a little uh, trading. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into that. But, yeah. No, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the movies that we watched were Seven, Tenet, Black Klansman, and the game. Yeah. And, and seven was my favorite one. Out uh, of yeah. I was those. about to ask, what's your favorite one yeah. out of all those seven? Four? It would be. Seven. And you knew nothing about seven, right? Not at all. Perfect. Yeah. And I, whew, that was a good movie. <laughs> that was a good, good movie. But I think it went seven. Um, the game. Tenant. And like then Klansman. Klansman. But Klansman was a good movie. I yeah. Really, they like, they're all on the same level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just which one I preferred more. And Klansman I found hilarious for satirical reasons. Oh, yeah. And like, and Spike Lee obviously made it in a way that is comedic. Yeah, exactly. To be like, haha, isn't that insane that people are like that? Yeah. But at the same time, it's horrifying. Yeah, it really is. It's, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyways. Anyways. What are we talking about today? Um, today we are talking about D and D horror stories. So, would you like to explain what like the concept yeah. of a D and D horror story is, which is different than horror genre? Yeah, yeah. So it's not horror typed campaigns. This is not homebrew type deals. Well, even though there may be some homebrew mentioned in it, but D and D horror stories is when either players are acting amok or a DM makes a 
terrible, terrible time for the players, or one player in particular, whatever the case may be. So, and that's D&D Horror Story. So we're going to go over on Reddit. I think we found a few stories that we want to look at. I haven't read them at all. Jake chose them out just because uh, I want a little surprise when it comes to this. Yeah, yeah. So uh, these are from various subreddits, and I've saved a few of them, probably around eight or ten, and I'm going to present them to Meyer, and uh, we're going to give our thoughts on uh, why this, this happened, what could have been done better, and any other thing that we think about after hearing it. Yeah. So um, let's start out with some easy ones. So this is uh, from D&D Horror Stories. Uh, user Lord Batatus. Lord. Oh, Lord hello. <laughs> uh, and the, the caption is, Player sent this when something he didn't like happened in my game. And it's a comment. Uh, I think it's through Discord. Um, and they said... I have watched hundreds of hours of Matt Mercer DMing and his players playing D&D. I probably know more about the game more than you do. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I, it, that's it? That's it. That's, oh, that's, that's it. the first one. So I, let's explain who Matt Mercer is because you yeah. know more about that stuff than I do. Yeah. Um, I, I am a little bit of a critical role, which, okay, I'll, we'll explain. Critical role is a D&D podcast slash youtube series where they play they're all professional voice actors some of them have been in world of warcraft they've been in overwatch they've been in movies they've been in matt mercer's in like everything yeah you you name a video game they've been in like the uh the person that plays ellie in the last of us in Mm -hmm. last of us 2 is ashley johnson she's on the show yeah um the person that plays um Abby from The Last of Us the 2. The antagonist of The yeah. Last of Us 2. She is she is also on the show. I think it's Marisha. If it's not Marisha, then it's Laura. But Laura, Laura Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, that's it. It's Laura Bailey. Sorry. But like they're in everything. They're really great voice actors. And it's really fun to see them dive into characters because they have the ability to do so. Yeah. I'm not much of a critical role head as you are. I definitely can appreciate critical role but i just haven't found the time to dive into it because what is how many hours of content if you wanted to start and i have started like i think i started three months ago and a total of it's like probably close to a thousand hours just to what to catch up to what they're doing currently yeah what are they how many it's like episodes range from three to four hours and and there's hundreds of episodes and they go every week but Enough about that. The DM of Critical Role is Matt Mercer. The Dungeon Master, yep. Yeah. So, and <laughs> I just think that someone saying that they watch a lot of Matt Mercer is <laughs> doesn't doesn't make you a better D&D player. What makes you a better D&D player is actually being able to create something on your own and uh-huh. not following the footsteps of other people. Yeah. It's good to take ideas from someone, not like steal them, but build off of them as any creative person does, but uh, saying that you just watched a hundred hours plus of one ca- one DM doesn't make you a better player. I Yeah, uh, we actually just recently watched a, a video by uh, one of my favorite Dungeons & Dragons YouTubers uh, called XP to Level 3. Shout out XP to Level 3. Uh, and they made a, <laughs> I forget what the video is exactly called, but it's like when your DM watches too much Critical Role. It was when, uh, it was like 
when the when your DM gets introduced to critical roles, right? Yeah, (laughs) and it was basically just him, um, kind of um, projecting the image of Matt Mercer onto himself. No, yeah. uh, yeah. So basically, what the character did in the scene was that he, like, you know, a lot of DMs are laid back. Does don't necessarily explain everything in heavy detail, which is fine. Like. Yeah. Sometimes it's fun like that. Like leave it up to imagination. Totally depends on the vibe and exactly. and the players that you're giving it to. But they, when he went in, he was like explaining like it, the guy was like, "Can I go up to the barkeep?" It's like, "So, you look over at the barkeep. He has a long, flowing gray hair. <laughs> tall, muscular man cleaning a glass." <laughs> yeah, the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> And then it was just like, it, like he interrupted his players to explain the situation, which you should not do. Like, let your players say what they want to say. And then, unless it's, you know, critical to the situation. Like, the only time I see you can interrupt a player in role-playing or whatever is, like, you know, like, you're in quicksand. You know what I mean? And yeah, like, there's the time. time yeah, it's a time essence. That's when it should be. But, like, let your players talk it out and stuff like that. But either way... Uh, <laughs> I would hate that if I got that from a player. Yeah, yeah. I I think there is a way that he could have said that um, without being so condescending. I think the main problem was he was so condescending. Um, one of the ways I guess he could say it, because I do think that it is an interesting uh, and thought-provoking idea to watch and consume media from other Dungeon Masters. Of course. And uh, get inspiration from various people. That's totally okay. But when you claim to, like, it, Critical Role isn't the Bible of D&D. <laughs> no. If you would want to see the Bible of D&D, I don't... I, this is going to be really bad, and I'm sorry that I don't know their names, but the creators of D&D itself... Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast. Thank you. Yeah. Like, if you want to see something, get the people that originally founded D&D to play a game. Those are the people that play it by the Bible. Oh, yeah. Like, and I would love to see one. They probably have a session out there. A one shot at least. Yeah, I would I would think so. The Wizards of the Coast probably I know they have a Twitter. We follow them on Twitter and um they might have a YouTube where they do have D and D videos, but there's D and D videos all over YouTube. No, I know, but I'm curious if the original founders of D and D like mm-hmm. actually play well I mean, I assume they would. Yeah. Because they wanted like because it was made back in the eighties. If you made anything in the eighties, it's because you wanted it, not for money. Yeah, exactly, because it was just, like, friends in their basement who came up with an idea. Exactly. So, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. They also made, if you didn't know, Magic of, Magic, Magic the, the Gathering. Gathering. I can't believe I messed that up. <laughs> I've never played Magic the Gathering. I I haven't played much of it. I have a few cards of my own, but uh, I really, my uncle played it a lot, so I got into it not that's too cool. long ago. But, yeah, it's great games, both of them. But, yeah, concerning uh, that one. Don't be don't be an asshole to your fellow players. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, to was that the DM was? Uh, I guess it says player sent uh, this when something he didn't like happened in the game. So yeah, I guess it was a DM receiving a message. Yeah. Just like, don't be condescending to your DM because they can kill your character. So, <laughs> um, moving on. Here's another one. This one's more uh funny. This one's more of a meme than anything else. Uh, it's r slash D&D Horror Stories, you user HellBlazerDYT. And it goes like this. It's a, it's a tweet. 
So he played D&D with my 11-year-old cousin yesterday, and it was his first proper session. He had real bad luck with his dice rolls, and his elf just died. Oh, I think, no. I think we can all relate to that, and it sucks that this kid yeah. rolled like that. Um, after a solemn pause looking over his character sheet, he stops, and then he writes Junior next to his name and proclaims, I am here to avenge my father. That is, <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah. I, I, like I do, I do want that to happen. Like I, that is the best way to keep a character going and have the same personality traits, mm-hmm. and just continue on. Because I, I, I think that's, and he's eleven. He's eleven. Yeah. That's, Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. That's that's a five head mood by. <laughs> yeah. It's it's super mature too, rather than just like. Being like, no, why, why can't, why does he die? Blah 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 blah. blah. Like arguing, or he's just like, or like, crying about yeah. it. Yeah, he's just like contemplates what he should do and just writes a junior right yeah. next to his name. That's beautiful. That's actually, uh, I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I um, Lord Mayo Junior. Lord Mayo Junior. <laughs> I really like the idea of uh, younger kids. I wish I got into D and D when I was younger. Yeah, I I get brief snippets of it when I was younger, but I never played when I was younger. First time I played, like I said, was with you. So, yeah, the first time I played, I was like twenty twenty one. Yeah, so it's like you know. Um, let's see another one. So here's another like kind of a funny one. This one's kind of crazy. So this is D and D horror stories. User user D A L five nine. Um, and it goes like this. I assume this is a um so. On the internet, you can find forums that are like, we're looking for people to be in a D&D group, right? Yeah, uh, r slash LFG is one of them. Yeah, and I have some um, stories from LFG in here. I oh, assume nice. this is a, um, a requirements from an LFG post. Okay. And it goes like this. Everybody starts at level zero. Only race allowed is human. Now, at this, that sounds okay. Yeah, I mean, no more you saw at level one. So it's a little weird starting at zero. It's a little weird starting at zero. Um, and the restrictions for only humans. Like, I can understand it if there's a story behind it. Exactly. If there's yeah. like a plot reason why, then that totally makes sense. Yeah, just like mine with the uh, Dragonborn. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing, uh, there's more. Uh, no magic. So that's another uh, kind of an eyebrow raise. There is um, definitely some campaigns that are low magic or no magic. Yeah. But, but only humans, no magic. No magic. So that would literally be rogues, fighters, and uh, barbarians. Barbarians, yeah. That's it. Um, setting is medieval Western Europe. Literally medieval Western Europe. Not a fantasy world based on medieval Western Europe. Every player character had to be from the same village in medieval England. PCs, player characters, cannot leave the village... Player characters will never level up. Game is expected to run for at least a year. (laughs) No rolling dice for anything the players do. All player character actions are resolved with role-playing. Okay. Um, (laughs) Let's dissect that. Okay. Um, Cool concept. I really like that. But the no dice rolling defeats the whole purpose of D&D. Exactly. Like, you have to dice roll. Like, how are you supposed to fight? Like, people get in fights nowadays. Like, I think he literally just wants them to be like, just role play what they do. Like, I think they want them to, um, what's the uh, live action role play? Uh, uh, oh, 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 um, uh, starts with an M. Uh, no. Is it M? 
Uh, uh, it's basically when a bunch LARP. of LARP. LARP. That's LARP. what it is. Yeah, yeah, oh, live action game. role play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Oh wow. Yeah. But yeah, no, that would be cool though. I I do like the concept. That'd be a cool concept to just play in the. It, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like Kingdom Come Deliverance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like just living a life like that. But you like people getting drunk in brawls all the time back then. So you'll have to be able to roll dice for like you know to at least hit someone because you don't like what happens if the other person dodges. Yeah. Because let's say we d- l- l- let me put an example in front of you. Let's say if we only role played fought right now, right? Mm-hmm. Try to hit me. I'd have to swing at you. Yeah, I I dodge. You dodge. Okay, try to hit me. Now I take another swing at I you. I dodge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you can't role play that. <laughs> like it. Just, it would it, have to be actually larping. Yeah, which or it doesn't make sense. It doesn't because you could the person that's getting hit could just be I dodge, or uh, I kill him instantly. Yeah. Everything else is somewhat of a head scratcher, but totally okay. Yeah, like it, you're you're trying to do a legitimate no magic run, like it just like actual medieval time. That's mm-hmm. cool. I get that, but yeah. The dice thing is too much for me. Yeah, I I really do like a uh, a game where there are restrictions, such as you can only be a specific race, you can only be a specific class, uh, no magic is to be used. But once you get into the fact that it's purely role play with no dice, like it doesn't even say um, dice only for combat. It says no dice at all. It does. It just doesn't make sense to me. Makes no sense at all. Like maybe you can keep it simple. Do a six sided die playthrough. Which would be cool, but yeah, that would be cool. But I don't know. Yeah, let's see the next one. Um, here's another funny one before we get to more heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, so this is from r slash d and d green text. Um, user is a uh, fizzle with a p. Um, players lost in ruin trying to evade a Medusa, but they've lost track of her. Quote: Where is she? Quote: I don't know. Let me check. I peek around the corner and roll spot. Quote, are you sure you want to? Cuts off. Quote, 19, booyah, plus 12 is 31. What do I see? Quote from the DM, well, what everyone else sees is you look around the corner and turn to stone. <laughs> I, I, as soon as they said Medusa, I knew someone was getting to turn to stone. I, I, I called that out. Yeah. Um. That I don't think that's a horror story necessarily, and it's not in the horror story DN, uh, no, subreddit. Yeah. I just think that's a, a not a DM messing with a player, but a DM just being like, "Come on, think like, critically." Yeah, it, like in there's been moments like that where you'd be like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" Oh yeah, like and then you you gotta think about it, be like, "No, I'm good. I'm good. I'll, I'll step back and uh, take a mirror, look around." Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've definitely had those moments in Everstone. <laughs> and I have not taken a single one of them. <laughs> no, where a player character will will want to do something like, uh, for example, um, instead of paying for this thing I just had, I pull out my dagger and, oh, yeah. and threaten her. <laughs> and I, as the DM, are like, okay, she screams for help and yeah. guards come running. Yeah. Are you referencing the kid uh, with Pius? I was refer well <laughs> that too, <laughs> but I was referencing the Lady of the Night House, and also oh my god, I forgot about <laughs> that one. And yeah. also, um, 
and then another one was um so our all, this is all this is all peace and love to uh yeah of to, course to Pierce. But wait, does the Bruce situation? I'm gonna tell the okay. Bruce, okay. Bruce okay. situation. Okay. So yeah, all peace and love, no no hate at all. This is just a funny story that happened in my campaign. Um, one of our we we explained in the earlier episode how the halfling and the uh, wood elf went to the lady of the night house, and then immediately got it on. And with their uh, opposite races, <laughs> with their opposite races, and it um, it ended up at the end like obviously they get a service served to them, so then there is payment to be required. Um, oh my God, do you remember how they got into the Lady of the Night House? I do not. They used your name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember I think, this. I so think Bruce Bruce said <laughs> that he was Lord Mayo of the Heavybeard Clan. I wasn't Knight of Houston at that point. Um, and he went in and he said that uh, he said that my uh, Pierce was his assistant yeah. at the time. I think he said slave. <laughs> and then Pierce oh, was like, no, 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 no. I'm your assistant. Yeah. <laughs> and then they got Because it was five gold to get in. Yeah. And they didn't want to pay five gold, even though we had like a hundred at the time. Like 40 each. Yeah. yeah. And he, uh, he used my name and my status in my in the heavy beer clan to get in which is i was so mad but i was it was such a great moment because he acted like me too he was like i am lord mayo of the heavy beard clan yeah, yeah. and i request to enter this house of the lady of the night <laughs> yeah it was um it was actually really funny role play because he was role playing bruce pretending to be lord meyer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good, really good moment uh yeah but uh they go in obviously they get their service performed on them and at the end the um ladies of the night ask for compensation i th- i believe bruce like tosses a couple coins and like yeah. walks out just fine bruce paid for and tipped uh, and tipped yeah. uh pierce uh when the lady of the night asked for god we say that so much yeah we do uh, when she asked for compensation, uh, Pierce basically told her shove off, and um, and she goes, "You have to pay me now, or else you're not getting out of this room." To that effect. Yep. And uh, he tells me, I tell him that, and he goes, "I pull a dagger on her." And he's and, like, "Are you sure you want to pull?" A <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, "I pull a dagger on her." Now, keep in mind, this is the main place in Housden that performs these services. Yeah. So there in the fact lies it's going to be well guarded. Yeah. Because people are going to be drunken assholes the entire time. Exactly. She yells for the guards um, and Pierce jumps out the window and... uh, He breaks the window too. He he breaks the window and jumps out of it. Yeah. And he goes on the run and now he is a fugitive who has technically stolen something. Um, he runs into a shop, and because he's a halfling, he hides, and I think he puts on children's clothes. Yeah, he put on a sailor's outfit. He put on a little sailor's outfit. Yeah, like the, the typical, like, white cap, the red the red uh, scarf around it. Yeah. Like, if you pictured, like, a, a kid dressed up as a, like, sailor, uh-huh. that's what he dressed up like. Yeah, and he uh, goes up to one of the uh, shop owners. And uh, and de- tries to roll deception to convince them he is a little boy lost 
and scared. So I hear this. I'm like, okay, you are a little boy, lost, scared. What do I do? They uh, He rolls a 19. So he rolls really well. He convinces them perfectly that he is a little boy that is lost and scared. What does one of the people do? Okay, stay here. I'll get the guards to come help you. Yeah. <laughs> and he go. He looks at me. He goes, what the fuck? Why are the guards coming? And I was like, dude, you're a little boy, <laughs> lost and scared, looking, probably looking for your mom. They're going to come, like, they're going to get guards to come help you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was just a funny anecdote. Uh, peace and love to, to you, Pierce. Yeah. That was very funny. But um, <laughs> I just thought about this. I don't think Pierce ever took off the sailor outfit. Um, I think he did. If he didn't, he should still be in the sail outfit to this day. <laughs> we'll just say he still has it. Okay, good, because <laughs> I don't think we ever went over that. Uh, eventually, really eventually, he sneaks away from that lady and sees uh, Bruce out on the street and gets in Bruce's arms, and he <laughs> they like pretend he's a kid. So they, they eventually get away, and uh, eventually, when I um I had something with the gods that I eventually I found out like what I met up with. Uh, Pierce at some point as a world Maya. Let me just uh, finish what I was going to say. Okay. With that. Uh, Pierce eventually, he was a fugitive in Housden, right? He's known in Housden and he is a fugitive. And the only reason he was absolved was because you guys, as we talked about before, saved the king's life in the arena. Yep. Thus making him not a fugitive anymore. Yeah. But that's, yeah, con- continue with what you were saying. That's what I was going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was just like, I, I know where this is going. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, and then the other story I have of that is Bruce. So- oh, my God. <laughs> Bruce. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Go. Okay. You want me to tell it? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, Bruce, Bruce was um, at one point captured by the big bads cult yeah and he we eventually got all he to we got him out i believe no he escaped on his own because he was being transported to another area he was being transported and he met a reluctant cult member named, named uh rob bob, boss bob frost bob frost who yeah. uh, was a, a poet who did poet. not want to be part of the cult <laughs> and as some of you know there is a very famous poet named robert frost yeah and uh, he gave him his works, and I had a Robert Frost book that I then gave to Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> but they uh, they hit it off, and uh, they were uh, quote unquote lovers, according to Bruce. Oh yeah, they were very chummy. Yeah, and uh, Bruce g- escaped, and Bob Ross, uh, Bob Frost, Bob sorry, Frost, Bob Frost. Sorry, I'm thinking of Bob Ross (laughs) constantly. I don't know why. But um, uh, stayed behind with the cult and got captured again because he let Bruce go. Yes, he did get captured. And then we we found Bruce. Bruce eventually found us and we did a few things. And then but he never had any of his gear because he was a prisoner. Yes, his prisoner, his gear was still at the the, um, there was a, a there were three bars in Housden. Um, I can't remember all of them, but I do remember that one. The Dutiful Duke. And the uh, Woeful Whore, I believe, was the name of the... That was the Lady of the Night House. Yes. And um, then there was one... Uh, Dancing Dragon? Dancing Dragon. That was the other one. Yeah. And uh, all this stuff was still at 
the dutiful duke and he met up with you guys at the dancing dragon when you all where you all were decompressing from uh because after bruce got captured there was a huge fight in uh because it was during a carnival a final performance by a family you met on the road to housing named the flipping felonies well, who were acrobats well he actually he got recaptured because we went to go fight that wizard the mage the woman the yes. owner of the wolf of horror yes because she had the necklace and i was trying to get it and so when we went to go to start fighting them Bruce didn't have any his, any of his gear, so he ran back mm-hmm. to the place that he was captured at and being held yeah. at, and <laughs> kept recaptured. Yeah, uh, he. Um, it's actually kind of funny because Bruce um, was always the type of player to be like, "Oh, let's just like have fun and drink and stuff." And once he meets you guys at the Dancing Dragon, all you guys are gambling. You're playing Devil's Dice, and. Um, and he's like, guys, we need to do our mission now. We need to get into the Dutiful Duke. And <laughs> all of you are just like, nah, whatever. So it's basically a role reversal where Bruce wants to do the mission and everyone else wants to have fun. Yeah. But eventually, yeah, uh, the fight with the mage happens. And uh, he goes back to the Duke alone, <laughs> still in his like common clothes, and immediately gets captured with all the red flags. He like, uh, I'm like... Okay, you walk in, everyone stops what they're doing doing and turns to you. And he's just like, "What's up everyone? Hi, how's it going?" And he like immediately starts to like walk to the supply room where he came from and they like all just like look at him and eventually like just grab him and throw him down in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> I think he tried to talk to the bartender to like make it seem even nicer. Like yeah. he tried to order a drink. He was like, "Hey, can I get a drink?" and the bartender just stared at him. And it yeah. <laughs> It was really comical because the entire bar, the music stopped playing. Everyone just stopped and stared at him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's basically, it's just like uh, the D&D, at least the one that I run, the campaign that I run, is very much uh, drenched in real world social structure. So, like, if you do something wrong, such as steal or, in Bruce's case, trespass, people are going to be suspicious about you. Yeah. So, and concerning this one where it's a Medusa and you roll to spot the Medusa yeah, and you turn to stone, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, because you'll look, you're trying to look for him. And I think the, another way that could have been, that that could have gone really well, is that if, for the Medusa, if they said, if they specifically said, I turn around the corner, keeping my eyes low, trying to spot a reptilian tail. Yeah. Like, or, like, I want to see a shadow. Yeah, or, or something, something like that. If they were very specific of not looking up yeah. or anything like that, so they made eye contact. Because you have to make eye contact when Medusa is actually turned to stone. It's not mm-hmm. if she looks at you, it's eye contact. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because in that instance, probably a low roll, because he rolled a 19 plus 12 was a 31. If he lo- rolled, like, a, uh, let's say, a 2 and a plus 12, make, make that a 14. He probably would have passed and been like you. F- you like see her as she like turns a corner. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, something to that effect. That one's pretty funny. Um, let's uh, start moving towards the um, kind of ridiculous ones. Yeah, let's see. So this is uh, RPG horror stories. Um, user VVLX0. Uh, the caption is: DM tells us he won't be DMing right at the beginning of the first session. Uh, and it goes on to say. 
I'm a member of a Discord server that allows users to advertise their campaigns. One day, someone posted an invite to their game. It had info about said campaign, only DM's name and time, though, which, in quote, is really unprofessional. That's what they said. Um, but whatever. I private messaged him and tried to ask some questions, but I get only, quote, I'm going to tell you when campaign starts. And then, quote, uh, a major red flag, one could say. But it's not like I'm doing. I'm going anywhere else, so I went along. Two days pass, me, four other people, and the DM gather on a specifically made uh, server. DM finally arrives ten minutes late, spends another ten minutes trying to set up a dice bot. Um, finally, everyone is ready to play. Bot up and running. Character sheet ready, and the DM says, So who wants to be the dungeon master? We, of course instantly remind him that he's the one DMing as he advertised an announcement, which he replied by saying, I only said that in announcement because no one would join my game if I didn't have a DM. Then everyone left. Oh my god. <laughs> so, like, I guess this just goes back to the thing. It's like, I've never tried to join a campaign online or anything like that. So I assume a lot of these stories like this do stem from like people just not being able to find anything to play. Yeah, I'm, uh, as someone that um, has looked for online campaigns and et cetera, I, it's all people looking for a DM in LFG and all that, that it's always someone looking for a DM. And I would like to play a bit more as a player and actually get to experiment with different classes and stuff like that. And the... I, I say the people that are looking for players have a very high uh, standard for what they're looking for. Right. And I, I've filled out forms before where I wrote like multiple of paragraphs and stuff like that, trying to be a player character and got denied. Huh. And like, I, I've wrote out like basically full backstories and I guess. Wow. Is it that hard to find a campaign online? It is in my experience, but this is right. only sh- do we Reddit, not do any discords or anything. I bet I can find something, but yeah. But that's all I really found. Like it's it's really hard. Like I could definitely get players if I want to be a DM, no problem on Reddit mm-hmm. if I have the karma. But I have a new account, <laughs> so I have nothing. I can't post in those. But it, it, finding players as a DM is a lot easier than fi- uh, being a player looking for a yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because that's what the whole thing is. Like, he basically says no one would play with me unless there is a DM already. Yeah, so I kind of get what that's coming from. But if you're going to do that, dude, be like, I don't want a DM, but like, last line, final straw, I will. Yeah. I, I think if he phrased it in the sense of like, let's all have a story set up, come into it, and then whoever feels the proudest of their story can DM it. Mm-hmm. And that would be a cool way to do it. You know what I mean? Be like, everyone make a character sheet, everyone make a session one. Yeah. And if you really like it, like, if you really like your session more than everyone else's, like, you know, everyone gives a synopsis of their session. If they like that more and the group votes on it, then yeah, you can DM it. But you know what I mean? I feel like there could be a middle ground there. No, yeah, totally. Um, I, I do get the struggle of trying to find a game or just being the forever DM because for a long time um, when 
we were playing Everstone and we didn't start your campaign, I kind of started fe- getting the forever DM syndrome. Yeah. Where I was just like, oh man, like I do like DMing, but at the same time, I really just want to play a character because it's like it it, it is less work to be a, a player. It is than uh, a than a DM, and it is uh, more fun. N- not more fun, but it is uh, fun to explore a different world that you know nothing about, rather than just the other type of fun, which is to create a world. Yeah, and th- I think there's also a lot of fun in the fact that like you get to build on one character instead of stay with like be multiple characters at once because yeah. you have to be every uh barkeep you have to be the big badge you have to be anyone that communicates with these characters why they get to say the same person build on their uh the voice acting for that one character they can yeah, build totally. a backstory and the only person you really get to do that with is the big bad but you have to switch it up so much that you get a little jumbled yeah and at least for me a lot of the time your big bad comes and goes very infrequently like they'll show up for a little bit to like fuck with the players or like mess with them and like fight them a little bit but then they're gone like you're not gonna fight the big bad in session two exactly like you may interact with them but you won't fight them no yeah because they wouldn't be the big bad then exactly uh, a small bad you gotta uh you gotta build them up and um, give them a fleshed out story that the players need to find through clues as they are on their quest to stop this person and maybe find out why they're like this and why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, because, you know, and that's that's where the backstory comes in, but that's most of the time pre-written. You don't get to build character by situations happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, people can become... Like, situations as a player character changes how a player character works, if that makes sense. So, like, let's say one of your other PCs die, like, your character gets upset because they lost their best friend. That could be happened. So, like, things like that happen to a player character that would never happen to a big bad because it's already written and those player characters already have like those are real raw emotions if they lose one of their best friends because now you have to rebuild a whole relationship with a different person even though it's exactly the same player that actually reminds me of another story i was reading because i was um going through subreddits and and vetting some stories and seeing which ones were appropriate to have on the podcast and um one of them which i won't go into detail because i didn't want to include it because it was kind of like a sad too much of a sad one in my opinion yeah was a player character who uh, they were either a druid or someone who could interact with animals and they um had a mastiff like a dog mastiff oh no and yeah you can already tell where it's going from here and uh it was their familiar and it always was with them and it was really cool all the players liked it uh but eventually that campaign fizzled out and they moved on to another campaign with a different dm and they were they brought over the character. They asked if that was okay, and asked if the familiar was okay to come over with them. Yeah. And the DM at first was like, "Yeah, that's totally fine." Um, cut to ten sessions later. Anytime the mastiff does anything, it's like the DM kind of gives it like a face, just like, "Ugh, why do I have to deal with this?" And then like goes on with it. Next session comes around. They wake up, and the mastiff is gone. And um, the players like, "Oh, are uh, the DMs like?" Your mastiff has been captured. Um, you now you need to go find him and rescue him. Yeah. 
So they track him down. They get to a goblin hideout. And as they walk into the goblin hideout, they see that the goblins are eating something. I won't go into any more detail, but basically um, the DM killed off the Mastiff, the Mastiff familiar because he didn't like him anymore because uh, in the post it said he had like a really good natural perception because he could smell like his smell and he was good at tracking and um, everyone went silent and that one character or one player started to cry and they looked up and said that Mastiff was named after and in honor of my dog that died a couple years ago and now you just killed him in this campaign and they got their stuff and left jesus i yeah if you're gonna be a dm and you have a problem don't be an asshole yeah i mean yeah i i guess i guess like all this could have been solved with communication. Yeah, if the DM actually had a conversation, be like, "Hey, we gotta nerf your dog a bit, like because he has a 19 passive perce- uh, n- passive perception. Like yeah. that's that's OP as fuck. Like we all. I don't. Know. I don't think it was 19. No, but, it, but I'm saying if it was. Yeah, like, sure. A like, really high number. Yeah, really high enough. And like basically anything that passes by them, they notice because of the dog. Yeah. Like, it kind of sucks because. You know, you're 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 trying to like have a little surprises and yeah. make people think, but like, if you're not knowing the backstory of that dog eater, it's tough because like you don't know why they have it and yeah, yeah. As it's communication, as, as yeah. a DM, I could totally understand his frustration, being like, oh, everything I set up, this dog familiar immediately pulls its natural perception and yep. completely messes with it. What? they could have done was either yes nerf the dog like had a conversation or just been like um you can't track them because they don't leave a scent or something like that if they really did want to just be like not have a conversation but just be like hey this is what i'm doing now yeah understand that but yeah that's just a dirty dirty move to do that to someone yeah i mean i can't even imagine if i had a familiar that like i named after one of my uh, recently passed, dogs. and they included the picture of the dog in the post too, <sighs> like the actual dog. That's so unfortunate. I... Yeah, it's uh, it's really sad. And yeah, that moral of that story is just like, don't be a dick. Yeah, I mean, it's more yeah, just communication, more of mm-hmm. like just don't try to solve it by being power hungry. I guess. Yeah. Because he, as a DM, you do have that power, just like. You know, maybe try to have a conversation with your player before being like, yeah. I'll solve this on my own. Like, I don't care what they think. Yeah. And uh, I was reading some comments and one of them was saying, this is a really good setup to a quest to bond yourself to that dog even more. Yeah. You go and have to find the dog and it's like captured. It's being like sent away to be like, uh, I don't know, like a slave or just like a workhorse basically. Yeah for like goblins and it's like you go into the goblin cave and you like fight all the goblins off and you free the dog that's like a really good and gratifying quest but to just pull a rocks fall and kill it yeah that's such a dirty dirty move in my opinion yeah and if it did come down to the case of like in that specific scenario where they saw that it was eating something the goblins like they very well could have, like, had that moment where 
they realized that it was their like old dog's name and it was part of them and that's why it was important they could be like it was another it was another mastiff yeah and they could have corrected that from there like you'd be like okay they um, did in the post the dm did reveal that it actually was that dog yeah okay i just didn't want to get into any more detail well i mean it it was kind of obvious inferred yeah yeah but i mean yeah there could have been ways for him to be like okay I can backtrack a bit. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like, apologize. Yeah. And stuff like that. But it's all dependent on how the DM reacted in that point of time. Yeah. Um, um, moving on. Let's get let's get to yeah. a funny one. Yeah. Uh, this one reminded me of you. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so this is a group chat, and this is um, this is from the DM. So let's figure this, this stuff out. On um, July 21st, does anyone or anyone's family have any of the following? And someone like wrote back and said the following, and he says, this, "It's long." He says, "Birthdays, anniversaries, work, work event, quinceanera, bar mitzvah, retirement, vacation, staycation, christening, funeral, graduation, surgery, either required or elective, charity work, different funeral, miscellaneous religious observance, fight club, window of ovulation for purpose of having a child, scheduled C-section, swim lesson, CPR lesson, second language lesson, any kind of lesson, court appearance, wedding." Social, dis- divorce, divorce party, Guam Libertarian Day plans, Belgium National Day plans, Singaporean Racial Harmony Day plans, time-sensitive stalking hunting trip, camping trip, hunting camping trip, scheduled visit with second secret family or vet appointment, because if not, we can put D&D on the calendar. <laughs> and then uh, the people wrote back, hmm, I think I can push back some of my time-sensitive stalking. <laughs> and then he says, not this coming weekend. And then someone else says, don't listen to Mr. Day Aversary here next week. Oh, my God. That's. <laughs> and the title was my group hasn't played in a while. I've been getting frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is definitely me when it comes down to it. Like, <laughs> if it's not covid related i'm like okay how can we get around this yeah exactly and i always and i am like that i'm like okay so you have this you need to do can we go later can we go before can we can we do this can we do that can Uh, we go on saturday instead of wednesday can we go on tuesday instead of friday (laughs) it is it is super irritating to try to put something together like that yeah especially when they tell you especially last minute that like oh we can't show up and now we have to rush to find and see what happened speaking of that we should probably uh figure that out make sure everyone's good for wednesday i'll, I'll send a text after we're done with yeah, this asking if everyone's good of course um be a little nervous <laughs> all right here's another one uh this is D horror stories user john dew 739 the title is what's the dumbest thing you've seen a player try i had a player last night try and get away with something so unbelievably dumb that i had to post it Player is playing a moon druid. In previous sessions, they've wild-shaped into an elephant to carry supplies or serve as a mount for travel beyond being ridden or pulling a cart slash wagon. Now, maybe it should have been a red flag, but they had their own drawing of an elephant with a mohawk and a non-gray pattern. I read it off as cool. Player likes elephants. Also, and this becomes important later, they always refer to it as I wild-shape into my elephant form. So last night, uh, the party had kind of a split up. They were in combat at the entrance of the cave. Druid and ha- and uh, halfling, uh, or no, 
Druid and half the party were in the cave. The other half the party were outside it. I say kind of split because it was all one big initiative, and other than the distance, they could technically spend some terms running and getting to uh, and being together. While the group's fighting, and uh, the druid uh, group finishing just before the other half, so they start running to meet the half still fighting. The lead bad guy sees reinforcements coming and takes off, ordering the minions to help him get away. So the party reunites and kills the minions, and I describe as they see the lead bad guy running in the distance. How far? asks the druid. Quick math me. He's 240 feet away. Druid. I just turn into my elephant form and go kill him. Me. I don't think you can catch him as an elephant. How fast are elephants? Druid. My elephant has 60 feet movement. Is a is the bad guy faster than that? Me. Catching on to the my elephant thing. Hang on. Let me look something up. I then looked up elephants and their 40 foot movement speed. While I'm waiting, the druid says, though, Druid. I'll just use my trunk cannon ranged attack until I'm close enough to crush him. Me. I'm sorry, what? Literally the first I've heard of this, and I'm the DM. Druid. My special attack from my ele- elephant form. It's at this point that I said the bad guy gets away. Now what the hell are you talking about? I start with elephants aren't that fast and don't have special range attacks. That's when the big reveal happened. The player had created his own magical beast elephant and given it ridiculous stats. The player then tried to justify it because druids can turn into any beasts they've seen of the correct CR and uh, challenge rating. And he said it was part of the backstory. It wasn't. So I had to ban all homebrew creatures unless created by me, the DM, which I thought would have been a given, but apparently needs to be said. That's rough. (laughs) Yeah, that that is pretty rough. Yeah, I mean... I mean, the druid knew what they were doing. They were purposely making it overpowered as a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know why. why I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) Like, uh, in that case, I would have been, I wouldn't even said to ban it. I would have been like, okay, you start to run. I would have been kind of a dick there because he was kind of a dick to me. Like, he was trying to sneak in something. And try to beat the system. You know what I mean? Totally. And that's why I think being a dick as a DM is okay. When you're trying to be a dick to the system. Yeah, in instances being a dick back is okay. Yeah, and so what I would have done in that situation was that the elephant breaks its leg as it's running. Oh. Yep. Or I don't know if it'd be like you immediately break your leg. I think I would make them do a dexterity check. And because it's an elephant at disadvantage, yeah, because it's an elephant, you would make him do a disadvantage and the stat would probably be really low. And if they don't like get like a fucking 16 or something, then they like roll, they like trip and roll and like sprain their ankle. Yeah. Like it just, just something to like really slow it down. And then if you broke the leg, you have a permanent injury from now on. Your movement speed is now 40. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're... That's the thing. Also, he's like, I use my trunk heavy cannon weapon, yeah, my he, ranged attack, to shoot him and kill him. And like, what? <laughs> yeah. If you really want to solve that, you do the broken leg, permanent damage, only 40 movement speed from here on out. And when you fall, you puncture your your trunk so you can no longer do your range attack done done and done yeah i guess (laughs) this kid was just 
Yeah, I don't know if he was trying to be a sneak about it. I guess he was just obsessed. No. no, he was definitely be trying to be a sneak, but he was also like obsessed with elephants, which is like they make a point to say in the thing that they like saw a bunch of elephants on like his like notebook and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess um, it could be a little bit of the construction of the elephant too, just seeing how they want it to look. Yeah. But also, like, there are people that just love animals, like a certain type of animal. I know I know a few people um, that, like, there's someone I know that really, really loves giraffes. Right, okay. Like, obsessed with them. Like, anything that they get, like, notebooks, pencils, like, socks, they get giraffes on them. Mm-hmm. Or giraffe printed or something like that. And they just love giraffes. So I could see it as that too. They just really love elephants. Totally, totally. Yeah. But um, that's as sneaky as could be. Yeah, don't be sneaky. If if you want to be like so me as a DM, I would obviously I don't want it to come to him just being like, "Oh yeah, I use this thing that I've never heard before." I would like uh him to say, "Hey, I really like elephants. I really like turning into this specific elephant." That I've cr- I've like homebrewed myself. Is there any way we can work that into the campaign? Yeah, totally, totally cool. Yeah. Like if they came to me, I would be like, okay, we'll put you at forty movement speed. We'll and then we'll give you one more attack that like a normal elephant couldn't do. Yeah, I, I could see that, and I I think if they mentioned it prior before trying to sneak it in there, it would have been completely okay. I think like. Yeah. Honestly, I would give them 60 movement speed if they came to me prior to the session. Be like, I saw this one elephant that was highly trained in the circus Yeah. to do, very, was very fast and to do uh, a water cannon out of its snout. Like Totally, yeah. Like, I could see that. Like, you know, they went, as a kid, they saw someone in a carnival. That makes sense. Cool. Whatever. But, like, they didn't come to me before. Doesn't exactly. just happen communicate yeah uh, uh, communication <laughs> but the only way i could allow it afterwards without communication is if you have something written down that's dated back before we saw the session yeah exactly and then i'll be like okay like when they made their character they should have been like and this is also part of my character exactly yeah, yeah. um okay moving on yeah uh, let's the next one this one is um let me give you one or two. Pick pick a number. Two. Two. Okay. Uh, this one uh, has been... Um, I saw this on uh, an XP to level three video where they talked about um, another funny, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. funny stories like this. So this is a post and it goes, Be generic McFighter person the third. Be happy with your life as an incredibly skilled practitioner of the light flail. Capable of holding your own with these weirdos you call friends. Except the kobold. That thing can stay the fuck away from you. (laughs) One day you start hearing voices. Think it's just the chili from last night and ignore them. Go to sleep and get trippy dream involving some angel of self-harm or some shit uh, calling you her chosen one. Excuse me? Tell her to go away. You want to sleep and you're perfectly comfortable being an atheist. She makes a nasty cut across your chest. It's there in the morning. Looks like a symbol. Get the cleric to try and heal it up. No effect. Still bleeding. Symbol is still there. Bandage it up and ignore it for now. Process repeats each night. Emo bandaged angel comes down and tries to make her cho- you her chosen one. Keeps telling you t- 
you keep telling her you don't want to. Get cut. Wake up next morning with some unhealing wounds. Ruins the sleeping bag. Eventually start to die from all this. Pass out one more final time and see sadistic angel again. Offers to make you her chosen one one final time. Tell her to fuck off so you can die in peace. (laughs) She sends you to hell for rejecting an angel's offer. Soul is now forever damned in suffering and torment because you didn't want to give your uh, career as world's greatest metal on meat beater. And then the explanation. The DM was trying to force me to take a class in Paladin because he didn't like the fact that I was playing such a generic character when compared to everyone else. Guy literally killed my character because I refused to play something I didn't want to. Oh my god. So that's a horror story of a DM. Yeah. Like, oh man, I can't even imagine... Like, someone trying to force a class onto you because they're like... That's rude as hell. Yeah, like, bases can be in... Like, a paladin at at anything. Paladins are very strict. Uh, As a paladin player, I'm going to speak a little bit on this. Yeah, I thought thought you would like this one. And uh, I guess guess this one could go into the uh, Maya's Madness. Oh, yeah, go for it. So, paladins are actually... It says straight in the book that if you do anything against your god, you are supposed to find a cleric or a priest of your of your hold, of your deity, and you are supposed to go and repent your sins and do what they say to be in graces of your god again or you don't have your powers. So that means if you don't do that and you go against the way that your god is, that your paladin like does then you're supposed to not be able to use any of your powers other than your sword that you have on it so you can't use any of your magic abilities can't use your channel divinities and you're just a plain old fighter yeah you turn into a fighter (laughs) (laughs) and in until you go and repent for your sins and that's how it's supposed to be played according to the book obviously not many people play like this. Yeah, like, not everything has to be part of the book, yeah. but it's a good guideline. Yeah, it's a good guideline. Like, paladins are very strict of a class, and paladins are... If you don't know what you're building as a paladin, and I before I started building my paladin, I looked it up. Like, I looked up, like, what's a good paladin? Like, I'm not looking for broke. I didn't look for broken paladins that could kill everything. I just looked for, like... What's how should I play a paladin? And I looked it up, and it was just like you need to do this. Like you need to like stay in your alignment and stuff like that. And it was very like off book kind of thing where you didn't have to like lose your powers and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, paladins are crazy. And I know every class has their own crazy quirk. Like warlocks have their own crazy quirk where like they don't follow their patron and they disobey their patron they lose their power or even their life according to the book hardcore yeah because they made a pack with like they sold their soul basically to their patron to have their power so it it, that's just that's my little that's my little monologue today yeah um because going back to the fact that um me and you work together on lord meyer because at first he worshipped one god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we figured out that that wasn't a right fit for you. No, not at all. Because I didn't want to be chaotic evil. But I didn't want to be lawful good either. Exactly, yeah. No. So uh, instead of having you 
repent and go against your God and then do like a bunch of unnecessary stuff, we came up with the idea that you would lose your life force and then be sent to um, basically the astral plane. The astral plane. And um, Uh, no, there's what's it? Uh, Let me think about it, but continue. Yeah. um, And we sent you there or to an afterlife some sort a purgatory is more of a purgatory yeah, than everything else. Th- there is an actual like um uh there is a plane that is where gods live and i can't think of it it might be purgatory plane it's in the book but we don't have the book today uh, <laughs> but, but yeah uh and while you were dead we had you go through trials to um change your ways and to figure out what you tr- what you um tr- excuse me truly wanted and uh it worked out completely fine and uh, this DM could have see it always goes goes back to communication. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, communication is key. Like, I, yeah, it, it, like if we didn't communicate about that, and I just saw it acting lawful evil because that's what I had to do as a uh, paladin, you you would have hated me as a player. Yeah, like and I, you probably would have hated me as a DM. Yeah, because I would kept trying just killing people, and as you said, you have a very realistic social construct in your world so mm-hmm. killing people non-stop everyone have been i would have been arrested put to death or whatever the case may be something like that yeah at least if not put away yeah put to death yeah and which, um it's a very yeah it was a very serious thing but it all worked out because we talked to each other and figured out what we wanted from each other exactly and yeah we figured it out but uh you 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 got one more or yeah, you want to do one or two more? Oh, we'll do one more. This will be the last one. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have one more. Uh, here we go. This one is one of the top posts on RPG Horror Stories. It's got 46 awards. Oh, shit. Um, okay. So it's uh, RPG Horror Stories, and user is Prettiest Frog. And the title is, New Guy Has Issues Is Asked to Leave. Background. I'm a woman, and I've been playing with most folks in this group for a couple years. For the record, I'm in my early 40s. Most of them are young enough that I could feasibly be their mother, and I've been known to occasionally do things like make them cookies or help them learn various adulting skills, like proper cover letters and resumes and the like. They sometimes call me Game Mom, and there are occasional instances of hugging. Very wholesome, right? Yeah, of course. The overall group is about 15 folks. I'm not the only female player who rotate around as time follows. My actual son and husband are both gamers, but neither was present at this event. As it happens, for this particular campaign, it was all youngins and me, and it happened to be at my house. We've been playing this campaign for about eight sessions when a player has to bow out due to it being the only night he and his girlfriend both have off. DM mentions there is a new guy looking for a group, and we decide to give him a try. Day of the game, one of the younger players has apparently been having a bad day. As when I sit on the couch, he sits next to me and leans against me. I put my arm around his shoulder and um, let him, like, cuddle up to me and just, like, uh, comfort him. Yeah. Um, New guy comes in, sees this, and makes a borderline homophobic comment before sitting down. Already a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. Major strike. I'm whispering to the Snuggly player, asking him if he wants to, me to make the guy leave, and Snuggly player is saying no. He can't handle a scene right now. I say okay, but he's not going to be allowed back. <clears throat> DM sits down, and the new player looks at me and says, 
is grandma really going to be sitting here and watch the whole game? Because if she is, she better keep her mouth shut about how I play my character. DM basically asks, what the fuck? And it turns out the new guy was planning on playing a character that was going to be a really bad person and added that if one of the characters um, was to try to stop the character, he was going to kill him and blah, blah, blah. And having women at the table just led to problems. He starts throwing out homophobic slurs and then trying to gaslight by pulling out the what, can't you guys take a joke line? I'm quiet enough most of this because I'm trying to keep Snuggly Player from having an anxiety attack at all this. DM immediately put in a, put it to a vote and new player was unanimously asked to leave. He proceeded to throw a gigantic shit fit to the point that the wizard and cleric had to literally drag him out of my home. He then decided to whip it out and piss on my car while screaming. What? And the cleric player, who knows his way around my house because he pet sits for me, turned the sprinklers on to finally make him leave. We decided to game anyway. Characters don't manage to achieve much during the game itself, mostly because they are putting more effort into making sure Snuggly Player is cheered up and doing okay than actually accomplishing the in-game goals. But it seems like it works. He's laughing by the time the session ends. Then... Just as they were about to leave, the new player's mother showed up to start screaming at my group, hurling abuse at them for being mean to her little boy. She claimed they'd assaulted him and she'd called the cops and was going to have them all arrested. She went so far as to grab the arm of the snuggly player and jerk him almost off of his feet. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the story of how and why I punched a gamer's mother and got her arrested by the cops she herself had summoned. Don't mess with my kids. P.S. Snuggly Player is much better now and now has a much better job than the horrible one that had started off his bad day. Oh my god. Good um, for her. Yeah, I that's an awesome it. story, yeah. right? And I did change some words around in that. Because, yeah, uh, to make it appropriate. To make it appropriate. Uh, you can only imagine what the player actually wanted to be. Do yeah, yeah, be and do in the campaign, and obviously that is that shit doesn't fly. No, not at all. I don't think in any scenario where any scenario where you're being trying to be a generally bad person, role play wise, there's something messed up in your head that you need to work on yourself. If you're trying to do the actions that this player was trying to do in that campaign. You, yeah, you need to look internally at yourself and realize why you want to do those things. Yeah, because it's messed up and it's not okay in any sense of the case. But nonetheless, uh, Mama DM, uh, Mama Game player, Mom. No, no uh, yeah, Game Mom. Because Shout out Game yeah, Mom. Game Mom killed it. Yeah, that's... um. Well, actually, we got a username. Because yeah, user um, Prettiest Frog. Prettiest Frog, you killed it. You rock, I, Prettiest Frog. Good job. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. You handled that situation very well. Yeah. Um, some comments are like, I think every group may need a game mom, and I'm really gra- glad they are lucky enough to have you as part of their group. Stay awesome. Um, Everstone is now hiring a game mom. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, so if you want to send your applications in, it's dudesrollbiz d- at gmail.com. Yeah. You can you know, tweet at us as well. <laughs> that works. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I wanted to end on that one uh, because it is such a... We have spent this whole time talking about... Like the bad things of D&D. Yeah, the bad things, players being jerks, DMs being dicks. Yeah. But we haven't really had an instance where it's like everyone bands together 
and as they do in D and D, defeat the evil. Exactly, <laughs> the game of mom, and not the not game mom, but gamer mom. Yeah, the one that came and defended. Oh yeah, the gamer's mom. Gamer's mom. Yeah, uh, go against that big bad, and then the big bad's minion because the real big bad is the <laughs> is the gamer mom. It, the real big bad is the. Uh, the, the character, kid, the, the kid, kid. Yeah. the kid that was new, the new guy, the new guy, new guy, and he, oh god, it's so funny, isn't it? Yeah, I'm glad she got arrested too. Yeah, I, I just can't imagine pulling that shit on some. You go to someone's house, yeah, that you're welcome to call, make fun of their friends, try to be a horrible person the first second you get in there, sling out homophobic slurs, and the first time. Like, someone else recommended that you go there. So you're there on someone else's recommendation. Yeah. Like, do you not care for that other person that brought you there? Like, so true. I wonder how they treated that person afterwards. Like, did they know? Like, I would personally block that person. No, not the new guy, but the person that recommended that the new guy come. Oh, um, here, let me look through it again and just, like, see exactly what was said. Because it, it was the person that wanted to spend time with their girlfriend that left and he suggested the, the new dm player. mentioned that there's a new guy looking oh. for a group and we decide to give him a try so the way it's worded i think the dm probably knew him like through school oh, or something like or that work. i didn't expect them to act like that maybe yeah and the best part about this is immediately when he starts doing this they're like all right everyone stop we're taking a vote to get you get you the hell out of yeah. here and everyone was like, yeah, get him out. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't leave someone else's home when that happened, dude. Fuck that, dude. I couldn't if, imagine being that rude. If if I was in a situation like that, <laughs> and it, not, no, I don't think our audience really knows, but I am a large human being. <laughs> yeah. So I, if anything like that ever happened to any of my D&D sessions, I will solve it in a instant. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess that comes to our D and D tip of the night. Don't be a jerk, guys. Yeah. Just like be considerate. <laughs> yeah. Golden rule: treat others how you would wish to be treated. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good tip. That's why it's the golden rule. <laughs> um, I think that kind of brings us to the end of this episode of Dude's Roll and uh, our um readings of some D and D horror stories. Yeah. Um, if you guys, uh, I'm just going to shout out our socials, so bear with me for a minute. We're on Twitter at Dudes Roll. Everything's at Dudes Roll. So Twitter, we're now on Spotify. Yes. So look for episode two there. And if you're listening on Spotify, thank you. I appreciate yep. you. We're hosted on Anchor right now. Yep. Uh, you can check out Anchor as well. We got YouTube going yep. and, uh, Instagram. We haven't done much yet. We're still working out some kinks with that, but Instagram yep. will be up and running soon. Yep. So. Um, we're going to try to start posting videos and episodes on Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Wednesdays are looking like an upload date for a podcast and our videos. So. Yep. And it works out because Wednesday is also our day that we run D&D in this house. So it's perfect. It works out very good. Yeah. Um, so, Meyer, do you want to shout out your uh, personal stuff? Um, you know, just as always, my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Meyer. Anything else? Don't really care. Uh, unless you want to follow me on Twitter as well, which is also at Lord Meyer. But how about you? Um, yeah, no. Uh, I actually do want to shout out a couple things. Yeah. Um, I have another podcast that I um, sometimes do. We're, we're on hiatus now, but I do it with my friend Nick back home. It's all about movies and cinema. 
It's called The Nick, The Jake, and The Movies. Uh, we're on YouTube. Um, check that out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, that's where I kind of cut my teeth with this podcast thing. It's only my second podcast. Is this your first? First podcast. I've had multiple ideas for podcasts, but never found a co-host. So. Right, yeah. Um, and I want to shout out my Letterboxd, which is also uh, film-related, and it's a social media site for um, movie movie if lovers. you know, you know. If you know, you know. It's, it's movie lovers, uh, movie reviews, anything else you want to do. My uh, username there is Agent X Coop. Uh, that's all one world, one word. Sorry, one word, <laughs> one word. Um, but yeah, I think that's it from all of us. Um, stay safe out there, travelers, and roll well. <laughs>